This episode of Biscuits and Jam is presented by Boar's Head. Welcome to a very special Hometown Memories edition of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living Magazine. And today we're featuring conversations I've had with guests like Robert Earl Keane, Ashley McBride, and Walker Hayes about where they grew up, what made their hometown special, and some of their favorite childhood memories. I'm going to start this show with country music superstar and cookbook author, Trisha Yearwood. Well, so Trisha, you grew up in a little town called Monticello, Georgia. Am I saying that the right way? You are. You are. (laughs) Most people don't. You did it right. And this is kind of between Atlanta and Macon. And I saw that you went back there when your last album came out in 2019. Clearly, this is a place that, that means a lot to you. Can you tell me a little bit about what it was like to grow up there and kind of how it shaped you as a person? It was a small town, like maybe 2,000 people in the town, maybe 10,000 people in the county. I'm not sure, something like that. It's probably still pretty similar. It's a town that is almost like a time capsule. Growing up there as a little kid was kind of like a Mayberry situation, you know. And when you're a teenager, it's difficult because everybody knows you. Everybody knows your business. We had a town square and that was not the place to hang out. My dad had always said, if I catch you on the square, you know, so we didn't hang out at the square. But you also knew that if you were parked on the square, your parents didn't have to see you there. Just someone had to see you there and your parents would know before you got home that you had been on the square, you know. So I think that that accountability was something that as a teen, I didn't love, but I carried with me as an adult that small town feeling of responsibility and accountability, which I think was a a great lesson. It's almost like your parents raise you, but also the whole town raises you. So to go back there, even though my parents are gone and my sister and I both live in Tennessee, is still home. And I still know almost everybody there, you know, so it really is my hometown forever. I'll always be from Monticello, Georgia. That's always going to feel like home for me, no matter where I am. What are some of the things that make Monticello kind of different from so many other small towns in Georgia and and across the South? It was one of those towns that stayed the same. And, and in some ways, that was a struggle for Monticello. They had to figure out ways to kind of reinvent themselves. So the town square went through phases of having stores that weren't open, but and there wasn't a big retailer like a Walmart, you know, we had a Dairy Queen, which is still there. Still, my grandmother worked there, Um, but not a lot of fast food places. I mean, it was a place that kind of stayed in that capsule, which presents its own challenges. I think what makes it different is that when you go there, it does give you a sense of childhood. And probably even if you're not from there, you know, you get that sense of this proud town that has all the old buildings and the things that made it quaint also brought notoriety to it. Um, famously, the movie My Cousin Vinny was filmed there. If you ever watch that movie, which every time I watch it, the oh, sack yeah. of suds, the sack <laughs> of suds is a real place. And, you know, the courthouse is a real place. And so it was really fun to get to see your hometown in, in this movie, you know, and there've been several movies made there actually. So that's one of the things that kind of, People look for, oh, let's go to this town that's really kind of stayed the same. It's a historic town and they've kept it up. It's a beautiful place. And I tell people, when you grow up with it, you don't appreciate the dogwood line streets driving down the, the main street to go to church on Sundays. Those, you see them every day, you know, but when, you, when you've been gone and you come back, you're like, wow, this is really, really special. 
Up next, I have Y'all Life singer, TikTok dancer, and father of six, Walker Hayes, who grew up in an Alabama town where his church, school, and girlfriend were all within a mile radius. Walker, you grew up in uh, this part of the world, down in Mobile, Alabama. Tell me a little bit about your hometown and uh, what it was like for you as a kid. Uh, yeah, just Mobile felt huge to me growing up. I never would have called it, you know, like a small town. I, I thought we were big stuff down in Bama. You know, if you lived in Birmingham or Mobile, that was it. Now I've traveled the world, come to find out Mobile actually is kind of small. <laughs> I call Mobile a strip mall town. You know, it's grown a lot. I'm 42. So, you know, I've lived long enough to see that town change in many directions. I kind of watched it grow firsthand. I think the older I get and the the further I go, the smaller, you know, Mobile feels. And that little neck of the woods in Spring Hill that I grew up in is tiny. My wife, Lainey, and I grew up about a song away from each other and didn't meet till we were in 11th grade. We went to the same pre-K through 12 growing up. So even though Mobile is not a tiny one-stop sign town, my life was very confined in a really small area of just giant, you know, live oak trees and magnolias and azaleas. And my church and my school and my girlfriend were all within like a mile radius. <laughs> well, when I think of Mobile, I think about the water, I think about the bay. I mean, did you grow up? with that kind of strong connection to nature, spending a lot of time on the water? The water, for sure. Um, yeah, I wish I could say I you know, appreciated it, but my, my dad was dragging me out of bed on weekends to get down to the boat and clean it or work on it or go sailing on it. And then my parents also had a, a house they bought probably when I was in high school. They purchased a home on Dog River. And so water sports, that kind of stuff. My brother, Brian, he married a girl in Wilmer, Alabama. And that's where I learned to hunt. Grew up playing baseball, municipal park. Like I said, just really small radius of where my life, my upbringing was. I grew up going to Spring Hill Baptist. I walked to it. I mean, it was about a block away. And I walked past it to walk to school just small town. First concert was Jimmy Buffett. He's huge down there. Walker, when I think about Mobile, I also think about food and I think about things like crab claws and shrimp and flounder and low country boils and that sort of thing. Was all that kind of a part of your childhood? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you venture out of your house and you put together, you know, get togethers with your boys, we would drive over to Fairhope or drive over to Gulf Shores, you know, one thing we would do is pick up some boiled crawfish anywhere we could. And that went well with a cold beer. But um, yeah, you know, it's funny, you know, you take that for granted. I mean, I there was an old restaurant called the Maxwell House. My parents would take me there growing up and fried any kind of fish you wanted, shrimp. Crab Claws was like one out of three restaurants had them down there growing up. Right. And then, you know, again, I moved to Nashville and I was like, nobody even heard of a crab claw up there. And yeah, I was like, you guys aren't that far away. It's just right down the road. But yeah, the seafood 
is incredible down there. I mean, I'm pretty much the only person in my family that doesn't know how to make gumbo. There's still time, Walker. Parker McCollum, who's sometimes known as the Limestone Kid, or more recently, the Gold Chain Cowboy, talked to me about growing up in Conroe, Texas, and spending his summers working on his grandfather's ranch. Parker, you grew up in a little town called Conroe, Texas. Yeah, it was a little town. It's a huge town now. It's unbelievably large now, but it used to be small. (laughs) It's really grown, huh? Yeah, it was the number one fastest growing county in the United States for like several years. Wow. Well, tell me a little bit about Conroe and what it was like to grow up there. Man, you know, I miss it all the time. When I lived there growing up, I couldn't wait to get out. Now all I want to do is go back. It's kind of funny how that works out. But man, Conroe was great. I mean, my mom's side of the family, my dad's side of the family, very large. Man, just had such a good childhood there. My granddad's big cowboy and my mom's dad had has two big ranches in Texas that uh, I still spend a lot of time at. Spent every summer of my life working for him up there, cowboying. And during the school year, I was in Conroe. My mom actually moved me to the Woodlands for high school to go to better schools. And so I was the only person almost in my entire family that didn't graduate from Conroe High School on both sides. But, you know, the Woodlands is three miles down the road. Now it's basically the same thing. It's all kind of mushed into one thing. But I lived in Conroe until I was 14, I think, and then moved a few miles down the road to the Woodlands, went to high school there. And man, just a, a great place to grow up. I love the pine trees. I love every time I go home, it's like the, the thing I miss the most. And that's when I'm looking at property in Texas or trying to move back, I'm looking to get back in those pine trees. It makes me feel very at home. But it's, I don't know, there's nothing really special about it, I don't think, unless you're from there. Yeah. What did your folks do for a living? My dad's been in the car business his whole life. My mom's side of the family owned a big concrete company in Conroe, been there. My granddad started it 40, 50 years ago. They sold it a couple of years ago, uh, actually to a company out, out of Nashville. And so that was kind of like a, our home base kind of growing up was that concrete plant. And then uh, dad's still in the car business. He owns a dealership in Bernie outside of San Antonio. He lives in Austin now. And then my mom is uh, living in Fort Worth. Gotcha. You were talking about spending summers working on a ranch. Mm-hmm. Was that with your grandparents? Yeah, yeah, my granddad. We would get out of work for him on the weekends, occasionally during the school year. But as soon as school got out, man, we were at that, that ranch pretty much the whole summer. Um, it was me and my brother and our cousins. I mean, he ran a full operation, nothing glamorous about it by any stretch of the imagination. He was old school cowboy, very, very successful man, very, very hard worker. Up until the day he died, he was working at that ranch. And uh, one of the greatest cowboys to ever live. And I was honored to get to be his grandson and and get to work for him as much as I did. Singer-songwriter Ashley McBride joined us in season one and shared stories of growing up on a farm in Fulton County, Arkansas, and taking trips across the Missouri line to eat at Dairy Queen. Well, listen, I, I want you to tell me a little bit about the small town that you grew up in. I believe it was Mammoth Spring, Arkansas. Is that right? Yep. So technically, my address was Mammoth Spring, Arkansas, and I went to school in a completely other district because we weren't near anything and none of the buses came out that far no matter what. So we kind of got to choose where we went to school. But I lived in Mammoth. In fact, I lived about probably six miles from Mammoth, which is about one mile south of the Missouri line. So Mammoth Spring and Thayer, Missouri are right there together. Oh, wow. So if you want alcohol, you have to drive the extra mile. 
into Missouri <laughs> because Mammoth Spring was in a dry county. We had the same thing in Tennessee, Alabama. There was a lot of crossing the state line for booze. Yeah, a lot of no before you go. Like if you're going to go camping in a small town in Arkansas, you're going to have to premeditate all of your alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of your fondest memories of growing up there? I was lucky because I grew up on a farm. So a lot of my memories involve working with cattle and finding lost calves. And I'm sure at the time when it was cold out, I was like, oh, if I have to fix another fence. But, you know, looking back on it, um, I, I did enjoy the work while I was doing it on Sunday nights or Wednesday nights right after church. We lived on a dirt road that was about two and a half miles long. So from our house to the highway, two and a half miles. And at the end of that two and a half miles of dirt was uh, the church we attended, which was the Pilot Church of Christ. It had about 35 people in the congregation. We were definitely the youngest family. But on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, we could go into Thayer, Missouri and go to Dairy Queen. And Dairy Queen had, I mean, there's no fast food around. There's not even stoplights where we grew up. So for there to be a Dairy Queen, it was really cool. There was a liquor store and a Dairy Queen. And they had this chicken strip basket that came with fries and gravy. And I would be so excited to go get fries. And I can't believe I'm talking about a Dairy Queen on a podcast that's about food. But um, even better than that, on Sunday afternoons, we would go to Fred's Fish House, really the only restaurant in town when I was growing up. The best hush puppies on earth and the best pickled tomatoes, hands down, on earth. We'll be back with more of this special hometown edition of Biscuits and Jam after the break. This episode of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living is presented by Boar's Head. Introducing Sweet Bee's Honey Barbecue Glazed Chicken, a new classic flavor available only from Boar's Head that brings the celebrated traditions, signature flavors, and iconic taste of sweet honey barbecue to your local deli. Inspired by famous barbecue joints and the aficionados who know the reward is worth the wait, comes an authentic experience that can only be from Boar's Head. Made with premium ingredients, this slow-roasted chicken is delightfully sweet with notes of honey and perfectly balanced with savory hints of hickory smoke. Honey drizzled and barbecue sizzled. Ask for freshly sliced Sweet Bee's Honey Barbecue Chicken during your next visit to the deli counter. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. Welcome back to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, and up next, I have the country trio and America's Got Talent contestants, Chapel Hart. The group, consisting of sisters Danica Hart and Devin Hart and their cousin, Tree Swindle, sat down with me to talk about their childhood in Poplarville, Mississippi. So y'all grew up in a town called Poplarville, Mississippi. Tell me a little bit about life as a kid in Poplarville. Life as a kid in Poplarville was very interesting, yet very boring. There isn't much to do in Poplarville. So very young, we had to learn how to be creative. And I think that our childhood probably woke up our creative genes and stuff because, like I said, there wasn't anything to really do, so we had to find ways to entertain ourselves. So whether that would mean we do a makeshift baseball game, kickball game in our grandma's backyard, there was always something that we would just have to find ourselves getting into because that was the only way you were really going to have fun. But (laughs) 
looking back, I thank God that we grew up in a small town like that. It's funny because I was literally just talking to our manager and his mom, and I said, growing up was hard because I used to always get whippings, I feel like, because of Tree. Tree was always into everything. Like, she was a little too adventurous, but... Growing up was fun. I think I didn't realize like how fun and like Dev said, how creative it was and that we had to be. And it was like we'd take like paper plates and make bases and T-shirts and you had a broomstick and that was it. Well, y'all have a song called American Pride that has this line. We played outside and that's where we came alive. Were y'all talking about Mississippi and Poplarville? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. And the line right before that, I think it says we take the back roads to the bottom And that's where they called Hearts Chapel. They say, we're going down to the bottom. And so we'd go down there and everybody would bring their kids. That's where it all happened. And so ultimately, how we even got our name Chapel Heart. So your name came from Hearts Chapel. Was that a road or was that an actual chapel? So that's like the community that our family lives in. Our home church is called Hearts Chapel Baptist Church. My grandma had 17 kids. There's 108 grandchildren so literally we're all just our own little community down there (laughs) singer-songwriter madeline edwards grew up in a large musical family that moved from santa barbara california to houston texas when she was in high school madeline chatted with me about her teen years in houston and how the move had a major impact on her life and her music so you were born in Santa Barbara, California. Is that right? I was. Mm-hmm. But you spent your high school years in Houston, Texas, which had to be a very interesting transition. It was an interesting transition, mostly because anytime you move during that period in general, when you're in high school, when you're a teenager, you know, you're going through puberty, you're having hormone changes, but then all of a sudden you're moving from California to Texas, which are two very different states, geographically, politically, all of that. It was a big transition. And I think that's kind of when I dove into music a lot harder than I ever had before. Because initially, when my mom put me in piano, when I was four years old, I didn't care about playing piano, and I hated it. And then once I started figuring out, oh, I could write music and process all of my feelings this way and process my hatred towards my parents and the angst of like high school and all this stuff. (laughs) Then I started kind of pouring into it a little bit more. Wow. So it really helped you kind of get through that transition. It did for sure. It was a huge part of my growing up and learning how to be not only a teenager, but an adult and figure out how to process and negotiate and compile all of my emotions and feelings and, and learn how to express them in a healthy, productive way, I think. So what was the story behind that move? I mean, you pick up and you're moving from this beautiful beach town, you're right on the ocean, moving to this huge city of Mm -hmm. Houston. Why did your folks make that move? I'm the oldest of family of seven. So it was both my parents and then me and my four siblings. So there's me and my sister and then three brothers. And it's a very expensive place to live when you have a family of that size. And so Texas was a very affordable option at the time. All of us were doing music. All of us were playing sports. And to do all of those activities in California, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity for us to do those types of things there. But also 
it was very expensive. And so my family, I know they were looking at different options of what would be, you know, an affordable place for us to move all of these kids and do it in a successful, cost effective way. And so, you know, I think my dad had gone to Houston for some sort of business convention or something like that and saw how affordable it was to live out there. And also Texas is so inviting and welcoming. It has all of that Southern charm of like, I will take you in no matter where you're from. So yeah, we definitely had this appeal to go there and we kind of felt like we fit in a little bit. So that was kind of the reason for the move. So tell me a little bit about the home and the neighborhood that you grew up in in Texas or where you lived in Texas. So we lived in a very suburban area of Houston. It was a bunch of sports going on in that town. I was very involved. My brother played baseball. I played competitive tennis. Sports were very much like they made your identity a little bit where we were in Houston. It was just very suburban. It was kind of a cool area to grow up because there were a lot of kids where we were, not as many kids as there was in Santa Barbara. Obviously, there weren't a whole lot of kids in Santa Barbara for us to play with, but we got to kind of build our community around these kids that we played sports with, these kids that we did music with, people that we went to high school with, different things like that. And so it was cool because it was, we grew up in Atascacito, which is kind of between Humble and Kingwood. It's the suburban area in Houston. And there was parts of it where there was like total countryside. And then we lived near a lake. So we had a lot of time near the lake. And and then you have, you know, 45 minutes away, you have downtown Houston, which is very modern. And the architecture in Houston is just constantly progressing. And it's amazing. So you have this really cool mix of everything, of all this country and rural areas, but also all of this tech and oil industry kind of infiltrating in the Houston metropolitan area. So I feel like me and my siblings grew up around a lot of everything. We grew up yeah, sure. in two completely different political climates. We grew up in two completely different geographical architecture, everything, how people are, how they you know raise their families, everything like that in two completely different areas. And so I feel like me and my family grew up with a very unbiased opinion towards everything. We kind of are middle ground when it comes to a lot of things, but it was cool to grow up that way. Cause I feel like we got a lot of different viewpoints and it, it helped us create a really full circle opinion of, of how we see life and how we see people. And I feel like you can hear a lot of that in my songwriting. I mean, it is such an interesting city and it's got mm-hmm. so much going on and it's so progressive in so many ways. And mm-hmm. it has been for a long time. And you've really got just such a melting pot of all different types of people. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a very interesting place to grow up. It's amazing. I mean, I miss Houston constantly. I talk about it in my music. I talk about it in interviews like this one. Houston, as much as I think people would like to think Texas leans one way more than another, it's actually very down the middle because there's a lot of culture in Houston. We had a lot of people that were from Nigeria that went to my high school. We had a lot of people that were from India that were at my high school. So I grew up in a very diverse friend group in Houston because we had friends from all parts of the world. And that's why Houston's considered a quote unquote port city, which is where that song that I wrote port city came from. There's such an influx of different cultures and different nationalities in that city that it felt very at home for me. It never felt like 
there was just a ton of white people or, you know, whatever. It didn't ever feel like that. The diversity in Houston was, was a strong aspect of why I loved it so much. And so I really do miss it a lot. Americana musician Robert Earl Keane, who retired from touring last September, reminisced about growing up in Houston, which his father called the city of the future. So, Robert, you were born and raised in uh, Houston, I believe. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Which I'm guessing was a very different town back then. I'm wondering if you can take me back to the, the house and the neighborhood that you grew up in. Absolutely. I started out, it's not a suburb, but it's just inside Houston. It's called Bel Air, like, you know, like in LA and stuff, but it's not anything like LA. But that's where I grew up was in Bel Air. And then, uh, when I was in third grade, I moved out. We moved out a little bit further to the another suburb. Sharpstown was a brand new suburb back then. So it was kind of like a, one of those scenes from Back to the Future. So I grew up there. And at the time, Houston, Texas was, you know, the city of the future, like Brasilia. I remember reading in my highlight magazine in like kindergarten and first grade, you know, where the f- cities of the future are Houston, Brasilia, and then Cleveland, but they messed up on that maybe a little bit. But there was a lot of excitement all about, especially the, the, the space race back then. I, I go all, all, all the way back to the mid 20th century, of course. So that was a kind of a big part of the excitement about growing up in Houston. And of course, what they called the eighth wonder of the world back then in the Astrodome, and I wish I'd have kept it as the eighth one of the world because people drive by it and say, I wonder what that is. So it would be, it would definitely <laughs> fall in that category. It was an exciting time, and I remember my dad driving around on the freeways there, and he was loud and big, and he weighed like 325 pounds, and he was a real optimist, and he just almost slow down in the middle of the freeway and then wave his arm over all of the refinery stacks and say, look at it, son. It's just, it's the city of the future. And I was like, wow. And, and like the dystopian future. I mean, if I'd have known that word, I'd have said that to him, but I just went, yeah, dad. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, we did a big feature on Houston in the very first issue of Southern Living, which was in February of 1966. And yeah, it was all about that, that city, the future thing. Yeah. Country music star Carly Pierce spoke with me about her small town roots and her hometown of Taylor Mill, Kentucky, which named September 2nd Carly Pierce Day. You grew up in a small town in northern Kentucky called Taylor Mill, which I believe is just south of Cincinnati. Is that right? That is correct. So I know you haven't lived there for a while, but tell me a little bit about your hometown and what it means to you. Oh my gosh. I mean, my roots came from my hometown and it was a very small community, one stoplight, but it also had kind of the big city only a few miles away with Cincinnati being so close. But I think I I grew up very close to my childhood friends. We all kind of grew up together going to school from the time we were in kindergarten through high school. I obviously left high school when I was pursuing working at Dollywood, but I I grew up with the same people that always knew that I was a singer, and it definitely had just that charm of everybody knows everybody, and I'm really, really thankful that I grew up and had such a a wonderful childhood in a town that I'm so proud to be from. Yeah, and so do you still have family there? I still have distant family. When When I moved to Nashville, my parents 
they ended up moving south to Alabama to be closer to the beach. But a lot of my friends are still there and my distant family members. So it's still and will forever be home. When was the last time you went back for a visit? I went back. They just declared that I have my own Carly Pierce Day, and I have signs on the south and north side of the city that say home of country superstar Carly Pierce. So (laughs) I saw a picture of that. So tell me a little bit about your parents and what their connection was to Kentucky. Were they born and raised there? My parents were both born and raised in Indiana, but my grandmother, she moved the family down to Kentucky. She was taking care of my great-grandmother, and so we kind of all naturally moved this way when she moved with my grandfather. So I was actually born in Indiana, but raised in Kentucky, and my mom was a music lover. She always had music on not really country music until I came along. She said the only kind of music that would keep me from crying was country, but she worked in the hair and beauty industry and always sang, but never wanted to pursue anything like that. My dad grew up loving music as well and and can sing as well, but neither one of my parents have ever wanted to be in the spotlight. They can both hold a tune, but they don't want to sing in front of anybody. Thanks for tuning in to our special Hometown Memories edition of Biscuits and Jam. Southern Living is based in Birmingham, Alabama. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And we'd love your feedback. If you could rate this podcast and leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuitsandjam. Our theme song is by Sean Watkins of Nickel Creek. Make sure to tune in next week for my interview with Lauren Daigle. See you then.